I remember my first wedgie. I don't know. I don't know if you remember that. Most guys do. Most girls. I don't know. I don't know if y'all do that stuff. If you do, you should you should quit. Um, but I, if you're a guy, you probably remember getting one. If you've never had one, um, consider yourself lucky. I was in the sixth grade, and where I went to school in Easley, we had we didn't have middle school. We had junior high and then high. And so in, in, in junior high, it started in the seventh grade. So some of my buddies had gone into the seventh grade, and I was still in the sixth grade in elementary school, so I wasn't as cool as them. And I, I remember one day after school, we're kind of hanging out in the neighborhood, and I walked up to them, and you, have you ever walked up on a group and you knew they were plotting something, like they were giving you the side eye, they're kind of, and they're kind of looking at each other, looking at you, looking at each other, looking at you, looking at each other, and I thought something was about to happen, but I didn't know what was about to happen. And before I had a chance to do anything, these three guys pounced on me. Now, I'd love to be able to tell you I fought them off and I was strong, but that what I didn't have a chance. They literally pounced on me, and before I knew it, they had my underwear up over my head. And it was, it was, <laughs> it was highly embarrassing. And um, when that happens, in the moment, you don't care how you look. You're just like, let me get that out, let me get that out, let me get that out. And people are staring at you, and they're pointing and laughing. And for the rest of the day... I was, I was walking funny, and people would be like, you're walking funny. And I, I was like, yeah, there's, there's something to that. Um, but I didn't want to tell them the story because it's kind of embarrassing, but then you had that funny walk that you couldn't hide. And I know what some of you are thinking. How is he going to take a wedgie, bring in the Bible, and ultimately tie it into Jesus? Glad you came to church tonight because the, the, the deal is, while many of us, probably none of us, got a wedgie any time this week, we did have an uncomfortable circumstance happen. Maybe it, was a, maybe it was an email. Maybe it was a phone call. Maybe it was a personal conversation. I don't know what it was, but something happened to us that caused us to, I guess, make us walk funny spiritually. And the, the deal is, when we come into church, we're supposed to pretend that everything's okay. Like, I'm okay, I'm not wounded, nothing's wrong with me. That's, that's the kind of the vibe we're supposed to put off. But at the end of the day, if we could see each other and how we were doing spiritually, so one, one person might look at another one and say, you're walking funny. Which is, which, is why, which is why one of the main reasons I created Second Chance, I planted Second Chance, God created it, I planted Second Chance. Is because I want this to be a place where wounded people can walk in and not feel any shame in the fact that we're wounded. Everybody gets wounded. Everybody gets hurt. Everybody deals with pain. Everybody deals with some sort of anxiety or stress or worry. But one of the main reasons we planted Second Chance is ultimately I want for Second Chance to be a place where we experience the power and the presence of God. Because a lot of times, or many times, not all the time, but most of the time, when I can stop for just a second and, and put down my device, this is this right here, this right here, a lot of people are like, I can't hear God. 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 He's talking. Oh, everybody just put down their device and started looking. I, wouldn't, I, just, I was just talking. Anyway, I got my, but I put down my device and it gives me time to just focus on the power and the presence of God. Because what that does is a lot of times it's not going to change my circumstances, but it's going to change my perspective. And sometimes a perspective change is the greatest miracle in the world. 
Because instead of being bitter, I can become thankful. Instead of becoming entitled, I can become grateful. It's, it's all sorts of things that can happen, but only happens when you and I experience the power and the presence of God. And only when we experience the power and the presence of God can our wounds actually start to experience healing. Now, I didn't come up with this idea on my own. I, I found this in the scriptures over and over and over again. But there's a fascinating story in the book of Acts, which is my favorite book in the Bible, about a guy named Paul and his buddy named Silas. They went to a town called Philippi, and they got in some trouble. In fact, they got in trouble that was so bad, the Bible says they got flogged, and that, that's got to be bad. I'm not signing up for that. They got flogged, and then they got thrown into prison. In fact, the Bible says they got thrown into the inner stocks, into the deepest part of the jail. And I don't know about you, but if I get flogged and then thrown in jail, I'm not happy. I'm not happy when they mess up my order at, at, at wherever I can. So, so if, that, if, I, if I can lose my cool over that, if I get flogged and then thrown in jail, I'm not a joyous person. That's where we pick up the story. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, tells us this. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, I want to pause for a second and just say, if they're writing that story about me, that they're not saying around midnight, Perry was praying and singing hymns. It says around midnight, Perry was pissed and he was complaining to God because he got beat up. That's, they're not saying that about me. But something was different about Paul and Silas. They were getting caught up in the presence of God. And watch what happened. Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I don't miss this because this is really important. In fact, I didn't see this until this week. I've been reading the Bible for nearly all my life. How many people were singing? Two. Two singing. It took two people. It took two people being in the presence of God, participating in worship. Everybody else is watching. And anytime you have worship going on, you got two groups of people. You got spectators and you got participators. One of the most dangerous thing is to move from a participator to a spectator and actually start other, evaluating other people's worship. Like you got your hand raised and you're like, oh, they don't have their hand raised. You see somebody else with their hand raised, you're going to put the other hand up. And then they got both hands up and you kind of got the foot out like this, like you're trying to stand like this. Or, or, or you're, <laughs> I've seen people on their device, getting my worship on. Um, no, you're not. Or, and I address this in the, in the second service, cuddle worshipers are the absolute worst because you're singing the songs to Jesus, not one another. Um, have you ever seen cuddle worshipers? It's hard to worship Jesus, bro, with your hand in her back pocket. I'm just saying it's really redneck, but glad you're at church. Um, but, <laughs> But there's two people, there's two people in the story focused on the power and presence of God and everybody else in the room is just trying to figure it out, which, which is cool, which is cool. I know there are some people that are going to walk in these doors, they don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe they walked, maybe you walked away from God and you're just now coming back and you're not really sure about what to do in the singing thing and it's not, you're just not really confident in that section. I understand. But Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns and watch this. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open, and the chains of Paul and Silas fell off. It's not what it says, is it? No. 
two people got in the presence of God, everybody's chains fell off. Two people were worshiping. Everybody's chains fell off. Now, if that happened 2,000 years ago in a jail in Philippi, what could God do with a group of people like this that got completely focused on the presence of God? Whose chains could fall off tonight? But it's it's confusing, isn't it? Because the whole worship thing, we come from different backgrounds and there's different, we're, we're all kind of a big melting pot spiritually. And so when I first started engaging in worship, it, it wasn't really worship. The first exposure I had to what was called worship was this thing that my church did called hymns. And I'm not knocking the hymns. I love the hymns. I like, love Amazing Grace and I love all that stuff. But, but some of you will remember the old hymns and, and how many of you just have an appreciation for the old hymns? Anybody? Okay. If you didn't raise your hand, it's just good stuff. Because in every church service, you would sing the first, the second, and the fourth verse. Remember that? You always skip the third. You know why you skip the third? Because it's the, it was the verse about the Holy Spirit. And in most Baptist churches, we didn't sing about the Holy Spirit because he was like crazy Uncle Eddie that showed up at Christmas. He was drunk. You didn't know what he was going to say. You just kind of left him alone and hope he didn't make an appearance. But go look in your handbook. All right. But this is, this is like one of the first worship songs I remember singing. And if you know this one, I just want you to sit and sing tonight. If you're watching online, I want you to sit and sing. If you're watching at a restaurant, just sing out loud and just kind of gather a group of people around your table right there at Starbucks or whatever. Here we go. Here we go. You ready? Blessed assured, Jesus is mine. I sing the slow version. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine y'all sound so good heir of salvation purchase of god born of his spirit lost in his blood y'all sound so good now sing this part out this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long Y'all sounded, so give yourselves a hand. So, so that was my first introduction, but it wasn't really worship for me. Because if you remember, if you went to church like I did, the, the guy up front, he was waving his hand, and I never knew if there was a fly up there, if he was trying to kind of get something out of his face. I never knew what he was doing, but he was happy doing it, so I was excited for him. Um, so I got a job at a church in Pickens, and... Um, I, I felt like we needed to sing in my youth group. I'm leading my youth group. I felt like we needed to sing. So I, I told God, God, it'd really be cool if you sent somebody to play piano for us. And God spoke to my heart and said, you're going to do it. And I was like, it's <laughs> funny. Because I took piano lessons for six years, but still can't read music. I can play my, um, my this is my fourth grade recital piece. Wait, wait hold on. I can't play my fourth grade recital See, I can't play it. I can't even remember. But 
God was speaking to me. It was like, you need to learn how to play just some songs that the youth group can enjoy. I was like, I can do that. So I started, I started playing songs that, see, that were super easy and easy to sing along. Now, I'm going to prove a couple things to you with this song. Number one, white people can't clap. It's we, we can't. We start and then we don't know what to do. It's like I don't know what to do with my hands. And then and then and then we phase out. And this this one will get you tongue-tied and it shows who's hooked on pahonics. So so if you know this one, I want you to sing it with me. And if you don't know it, it's easy to pick up on. It's just a fun little song. Ready to go? All right, here we go. I am a C. Oh yeah. I am a C H. I'm a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N And I have C-H-R-I-S-T in my H-E-A-R-T And I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-L-Y I am a C I am a C-H I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N And I have C-H-R-I-S-T in my H-E-A-R-T And I will L-I-V-E-E-T-E-R-N-A-L-L-Y all right, that was good. But something happened. I, I, I started discovering that I wanted more participation in worship. I, I wanted people to participate more, but it was dangerous in a Baptist church because you couldn't dance. And the reason Baptists say you can't dance is because Baptists really can't dance. They can't. So, so but, but we discovered there was this thing you could do called motions. And motions technically weren't dancing. And you could put motions to songs that weren't really Christian, but you could make them Christian. So there's this really popular song called Lean On Me. Uh, Y'all know that one? Lean On Me, that one? Okay, but there's motions to it. I'm going to teach them to you, but don't try this at home because you could get hurt. All right, Zach. Zach, come up here. Zach is a motion professional. He is on staff. He's over social media. This week, we, we actually did practice this. If you follow us on Instagram, you saw the whole thing. All right, so you ready? I'm ready. All right. You know, we're, th- th- this is the motions, okay? So lean on me. Everybody got this? When you're not strong, I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. This is where it gets dangerous. Philip said, why didn't you ask me to do that? I was like, is Zach smaller, bro? <laughs> then you say, four, five, it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Y'all feel like y'all can do that? Okay, I'm not going to ask y'all to do that because I'll be scared. But y'all give Zach a hand. So, but what that did is it got people to participate. And I like it when people participate. So I'm not going to ask you to do the motions, but I thought it'd be wrong if I if uh, we if we if we just kind of played around and didn't sing that song. So we should at least sing it just to honor the fact that many youth group kids got concussions when we did the motions. Here we go. Lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on Four, five, it won't be long I'm gonna need somebody to lean on 
all. Yeah, y'all are great. I appreciate this right back here. That was, They were actually participating. Had their hands raised. It's got some... Y'all come from a charismatic background? I was just asking. It's good. It's good. I mean, I'm glad. If somebody broke out a tambourine, that would have made my night. So, so, I loved it. I loved leading worship. And it was great. But in the 90s, in church culture, the piano kind of got unpopular because you couldn't carry a piano everywhere. But what you could do is you could carry a guitar. And so I started learning some worship courses on the guitar, and it was a lot of fun to play. My dad played professional for 12 years um, and never took a lesson and never taught me how to play. So, no, he tried, but, like, you don't listen to your dad, right, when you're a kid. You don't listen to your dad. Your dad, you're, you're, isn't it amazing the older you get, the more brilliant your parents were when you were children, but when you were children, you knew everything? That was, that was free for all you parents that brought your kids tonight. Um, so, so I was learning how to play guitar and in the, in the 1990s, if you were a dude and you learned how to play guitar, you just really needed to learn one chord. It was the E chord. And most of us learned the same first song. Every rose has its thorn. Just like every night has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorn Yeah, it does So, yeah, lots of, lots of flashlights out right there Appreciate that, everybody Felt like I should have a tip jar. But what got interesting is, is by the way, by the way, I just want to notice, um, some of us tonight have sang more in the past 10 minutes than we've sang in, in the past three years. It's been fun, isn't it? It's been fun. But it's, but it's, okay. it's good. It, see, it's, it's kind of non-threatening singing. We're not, we didn't even ask you to do the motions. But I learned this song called Micah 6-8, and it's titled that because, because it's, Micah chapter six, verse eight. It's very original, but it's, it's, it's a cool song and it's got an echo part. So guys, you're going to follow me and girls, you're going to follow one another, but I'm going to teach you your part. Okay. If the guys go, he has shown you and the girls go, he has shown you. And the guys go, oh man. And the girls go, oh man. And then we all sing together, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. Then the, then the guys go, but to do justly. And the women go, but to do justly. And the guys sing, and to love mercy. And the girls sing, oh, it's so beautiful. And to walk humbly with our God. So let's try that. He has shown you. Oh man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you, but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God. Let's do that again. He has shown you. Oh man. 
what is good and what the Lord requires of you but to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with our God oh my gosh that was so great now then then the song that made the 90s popular with praise and worship i mean everybody that was everybody was singing the song and it's so familiar and it's easy to pick up on and if you don't know it you will know it by the end of this service and once again if you know it just sit there and sing because it's easy lord i lift your name on high oh yeah y'all know this one Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. That was beautiful, but then there was a song that we, it started sounding a little bit like it, and you could mix it up and make it sound like a secular song because there was a song that was popular years ago that went like, Some people call me a space cowboy. Some call me the gangster love. Y'all know that one? Okay, you shouldn't because it's secular. Um, but that that's the closest that some people ever got to speaking in tongues, but it was good. So so we Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross. My debt to pay from the cross to the grave. From the grave to the sky, Lord, I lift your name on high. Yes, y'all sound amazing. Now, this was this was one of those things that kind of went on and on, and the, the worship culture for me, for me personally, um, was awesome. But then something happened to me, and I didn't see it coming. And uh, it was a it was a good thing. It was a good thing. I was. You gotta be careful because you can knock yourself out with this thing. Um, I was preaching a revival in Rhode Island, and um, if you can, I, it was it was great. And the right before I got up to preach, there was a guy singing the you, a special song. You know, sometimes they do that because like the special song right before you get up to preach. And so I'm sitting there um, on this long church pew, and and me and all my buddies are there, and you know, the church's got a few people in it. And I got caught up in the song. Have you ever gotten caught up in a song? Like just caught up. It only had to be a Christian song. Like you're riding down the road and it's like, hello. And like, and like Adele's just got you crying and, and don't, don't, I love Adele. Um, and so I'm, I'm caught up. All of a sudden I got caught up in this song that um, his name was Daryl, that Daryl was singing. And before I knew it, like this happened. 
this, this happened. And I opened my eyes and all my friends on my row are looking at me like, you got a question, bro? Um, and I, I, I looked around and, and like nobody else was doing this. And I don't know why. I, so I was just like, <laughs> um, and brought my hand down. But that, that sent me on a journey to try to figure out this hand raising thing during, during worship. Because I, in the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, you will see in like Psalm chapter 28, um, David wrote, listen to my prayer for mercy as I cry out to you for help, as I lift my hands towards your holy sanctuary. Now, this one, this verse, when I first began to wrap my mind around this concept of lifting hands in worship, it kind of blew my mind because I used to think hand raisings like reserved for the godly people. And then like the, the ungodly people like me, you, you, can't, you can't really raise your hands because that's like for the godly people. But then I read about David raising his hands. And I, let me, none of us in this room are as jacked up as David. None of us. And yet he's called a man after God's own heart. And, he, and so there's times where he just raises his hands. He says it again in, in Psalm chapter 63, verse 4, where he says, I, I, I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in, in prayer. So David was caught up in this thing of lifting up his hands. So, so as the years went by, I became more and more comfortable lifting my hands in worship in church. And, and me, I'm a hand raiser. Sometimes I'm one hand. Sometimes I have both hands up in the air. Sometimes I'm, I've got my hands like this. It, I, I don't really practice it or rehearse it. It just happens. But let me share with you why I raise my hands. And this ties back into us experiencing the power and the presence of God. And this is the reason why I'm personally okay with, with hand raising in worship. Number one is desire. When I raise my hands... It's in that moment, I really do desire to be in the presence of God. Because something powerful happens there. I can't explain it. But if you've experienced it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Now, the, the, the problem with this is a lot of us have grown up, if you went to church... Maybe you were taught kind of like God loves you, but he doesn't like you. And, and you kind of feel that sometimes when you come to church because the message is point number one, you suck. Point number two is no, really, you suck. Point number three is knock it off, and then you go home. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, and you, you kind of feel beat up. And so when, it comes, when somebody talks about coming in the presence of God, it would be like, why would I want that? But something changed for me um, about 12 years ago. That's when Karis was born. And God taught me more about his love through being a father than any book I've ever read in my life. Because, just think about this. If you're a parent, when you're a kid, you're two or three years old, and they're kind of walking towards you, and they got both arms up in the air, and they just want you to pick them up. That, like for me, I don't know about you, but for me, if I'm on the phone and cares, game over. I'll call you back. Computers to the side. When my, when my child wants my attention, 
and wants to spend time with me, I'm in. And if you're a parent, you are too. Now, if that's how we are as earthly parents, how much more so our heavenly father, when we lift our hands and all we're wanting to do is spend some time in his presence. I'm telling you, it's powerful. It's life-changing. Which leads to number two, surrender. There's times where I just have to, well, let me, let me back up. Um, several years ago, like before I was a Christian, I got robbed. Um, and some of you, like you were here last week, you're like, dear God, n- guns. And this one wasn't a gun, it was a knife. So not a big deal. But I was working at a restaurant, guy comes in, pulls a knife, says, give me the money. And when he pulled the knife, it was the biggest knife I've ever seen. When he pulled the knife, I did what normal sane people do. I put up both hands and said, take it, take it. Because I've had like really, like I've got some redneck buddies like, why didn't you fight him? (laughs) It's because it wasn't my money, stupid. It was the restaurant's money. I'd have got him a a biscuit to go if he had wanted it. I was like, when he said, when he pulled out the knife and, and wanted the money, hands are up in the air. And I was like, I surrender. I started thinking about church services where there, there's some days, let me just be honest with you, and everybody in this room has felt it, where if one more thing goes wrong in your life, you feel like you're going to snap. And sometimes during a worship service, when the music's going and my hands go up, that's me saying, that, that's a three-word prayer. You take it. You take it. I surrender this to you. I surrender this problem. I surrender this worry. I surrender this anxiety. I surrender this depression. I'm surrendering it to you right now. And in that moment, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, something powerful happens in surrender. The third reason I raise my hands is is celebration. And, and I, lo- I, I love to celebrate. I think the church, I think the church should be the happiest place in the world. I think we should always, somebody asked me recently, literally I had this brother, they were like, well, I heard at your church, all you do is preach the feel good gospel. I'm like, well, is there a feel bad gospel? Dear God, like, well, like what church are you going to? I mean, the whole thing started with a resurrection. That's good news. Hello. So, so Sometimes we're singing a song and I just get pumped up and my hands are in the air out of celebration. Now, this is where some people go, that's not really me, but I think it is. And I can prove it to you, especially if you're a Clemson fan. Just stick with me for a second. A few years ago, Clemson's playing Alabama in the national championship. We're down. We need a touchdown to win the game. We've got the ball. There's very little time left on the clock. Deshaun Watson rolls to his right, spots Hunter Renfro in the end zone. He throws the ball. Hunter Renfro catches it. It's a touchdown. And what did every Clemson fan on the planet do? It's worship. And I'm not saying you're wrong because I was on my couch, like standing on my couch with both hands in the air. And if you want to stand in the chair, that's fine. But I was, I was standing on the couch. And I'm just saying, when we, when we celebrate at a, at a football game or a basketball game or whatever, the, the hands do go up. And so for me, just for me personally, when I get caught up in how good God has been to me and where I could have been versus 
where I am today, I, I celebrate. We were singing that song earlier about the, the orphan finding a home. Like that, that gets me every time. Every time I walk in during warm up and they're singing that song, I'm like, dang it, we'll cry right before I go on stage. My, I mean, just it's, but it, it gets me, it moves me because I, I want to celebrate. So I'm wondering tonight where you are in this process. Like, like, do you need to just spend a few moments in the, like in the presence of God? Is there something you need to absolutely surrender? Or is there something that God's done in your life that you really could celebrate? And so I thought that there's two songs. I've got a piano in my apartment, much to my neighbor's chagrin. And sometimes for me, I love to just sit and play. And it really does put me in a different place. If I've hit a roadblock in sermon preparation or if I've hit a place where I can't really figure out what my next step is, sometimes I just go sing. And two of the songs that I love to go to is one called We Exalt Thee, and it's just where we lift up the name of Jesus. And then another one is one called Alleluia, where, where that means the Lord be praised. And sometimes I just need to just to sing literally praises just to spend some time in his presence. So with that in mind, I want you to stand with me because we're going to play together. We're going to play. We're going to sing. And I want us to literally just forget about our devices for the next five or ten minutes and really enjoy spending some time in the presence of God. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for what you've done. Jesus, I pray for every single person in here who's going through some stuff. God, that during these next few moments, you would just cause us to forget about that and focus on you. We exalt Thee, we exalt Thee, we exalt Thee, oh Lord, we exalt Thou art exalted 
Lift this up. We exalt thee. We exalt again hallelujah
Father, that is our heart. That is our cry tonight. You reign. Father, I pray for every single person that brought with them tonight, with us tonight, worry or fear, Jesus, that we could just right now lay it at your feet. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I don't know what you brought into this place. But maybe right now it's just you visually, just in your mind, picture yourself just putting it at the feet of Jesus. Maybe you just need to pray a simple prayer where you're standing and just say, you take it. You take it. You take it. Spending time in the presence of God always impacts us in a positive way. Maybe you're here tonight and you've got this weight. You just don't want to carry it anymore. You, you feel like, I need to get this off of my shoulders. I need to get this off my chest. You came to the right place because we got a team of volunteers and staff that would love to pray with you or for you. And if you'll just right now, without even looking, just kind of step out of your row and walk out the back doors. There's four exit doors in the back. We've got care team, staff, and volunteers back there that would love to pray with you or pray for you. Because there's no reason to walk out of here with what you walked in here with. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus. You've never asked Jesus in your life. You're like, I don't know what that right there was, but I want that in my life. I want Jesus in my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you right now, whether you're in the room or you're online, I want you right now, just where you're standing, just pray this prayer in your heart. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sins. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. If you just pray that prayer, if you just, if you're in this room, you just prayed that prayer, I want you just to put your hand in the air right now because I want to pray for you. We had several people pray, receive Christ this morning. So anybody, if you're online, Father, thank you that there are hands raised. Thank you, Jesus, that you change people. Jesus, right now, I just want to pray a blessing over every single person in this place. Father, I want to pray 
hope over every single person in this place. I want to pray peace over every single person in this place. I want to, I want to pray joy over every single person in this place. Jesus, that when we walk out of this place, that we can, we can truly say that we spent time in your presence and that made a difference. We love you, Jesus. And everybody that agreed said, amen. You glad you came to church tonight? Man, I am. I'm super glad. We wrap up this series next week. You don't want to miss it. Y'all have a great week. God bless.